Every holiday season, we see the words hope, peace, joy, and love. But we rarely feel this way. Too often we try to fill the void with songs, gifts, and family gatherings, but we are left longing for more. In the midst of this holiday season, where do we look to find these things? There is only one true bringer of hope, one true bringer of peace, one true bringer of joy, and one true bringer of love. His name is Jesus, for unto us a Savior is born, and Christmas is only the beginning of better things to come. Yes, welcome to week two of our It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas series. We're looking at one of those words you just heard each week, and we're asking the question, is it? Is it beginning to look a lot like Christmas in those key areas of our lives? Last week, we lit the hope candle, and uh, it is burning brightly today. Today, we're going to light the peace candle. And the challenge I'm bringing to you today is, as Jesus who lives in you and seeks to shine through you, if you look around at the world around you and you see a distinct lack of peace, well, he's calling you to bring it. Hey, could I piggyback on what Tony was just saying? Double down on that, would you? Who do you know inside your sphere of influence that needs to be invited to celebrate Christmas here at Venture? I just had a conversation last week uh, about somebody who had a family member that was going to be visiting from outside of town, and, and uh, we had a moment in the service where I offered an invitation, and they prayed a prayer and went back to their home church and got connected, and they celebrated a baptism this past year. You never know the power of invitation. Who do you know that you can invest in and you can invite to come and be a part of what we're doing here? That's why we're doing all of the the services, but even the Thursday night service, that's a strategic action step. We want to catch people even before they leave town. Maybe they're going to grandma's for the weekend. We want to do a worship service here before they go. So would you be thinking intentionally, who could you invest in? Who could you invite to come and be a part of this? Hey, I want to dive into the message, but before I do that, I want to take just a moment And I want to celebrate the good stuff that's happening right now. Last Sunday, if you were here, we celebrated in a big way new life, this generosity initiative that we've been a part of the last several weeks. We celebrated that then. The challenge last Sunday was, would you go ahead and jumpstart that new life giving? And church, I want to let you know, Last Sunday was our first big give for New Life, and I want to let you know, check this out, we had the largest offering in the history, like ever, of Venture Christian Church last weekend. Could we celebrate that? Isn't that cool? Yeah. And at the risk of sounding like a broken record, you've heard me say this several times over the last several weeks, it's really not so much about the money. That's our secondary goal. The primary goal is heart change. We've been seeking to raise the temperature of generosity in our church. That is evidence of that. We're off to an incredible start in this new life season. God is certainly bringing new life in us so he can bring new life through us. Thank you for your generosity. We can't wait to see what God is going to do. God is on the move. I believe that. We talked about this last Sunday. This is the time of year where there's always weird words we don't hear. I still don't know what Yuletide means, but even the words like hope and peace and joy 
and love. We think of them in this regard, but I wonder if we fully embrace the meaning of those words. Today we're talking about peace. We're lighting the Advent candle. The title of today's message is, It Looks Like Peace. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Well, does it? Does it look like peace? As we light that candle, last week was the hope candle. Let's go ahead and light the peace candle. Even as we do that, I wonder if some of us, even today, right now in this moment, are feeling a distinct lack of peace. I want to pour some meaning into peace. We're asking the question, does it look like peace? I'm curious, how many of you uh, went Black Friday Christmas shopping this year? Let me see a show of hands. I'm asking this for a reason because I did a little bit of research. I heard conflicting reports. I heard from the New York Times, this was the title of their article, Black Friday isn't what it used to be. And they were predicting, I think this came out just a day or two before Black Friday, that it wasn't going to be what it has been in years past. Check this conflicting headline. CNBC said, Black Friday weekend shopping turnout soars to a record as consumers seek bargains. What? Where are we there? Where's the truth between those two headlines? Well, you have to read. Don't get burned by just reading the headline. Usually they're just kind of trying to grab you with that. You got to read the data by actually reading the article. I did that. And this is what they said. Shopper turnout across websites and stores. Okay, I see what you did there. Hit an all-time high of 20.4 million over the five-day weekend from Thanksgiving Day through Cyber Monday. Ah, so you're saying not just Friday in-person stores, but even hitting the websites on Cyber Monday. I was thinking about this. Your pastor did something that I haven't done for probably 10 years. Black Friday, well, we woke up. We were in Illinois visiting family for Thanksgiving. We fried two turkeys, and they were delicious. The next morning, got up, and we got our son, uh, his Subaru, pointed toward the setting sun, but the sun was rising behind him. He was driving to Colorado to begin his career there. And so we're driving home. It's Friday. It's Black Friday. I did what I don't do. I stopped at the best store ever. Now, I had to use the restroom, and I wanted some free popcorn. It's delicious popcorn. Have you ever been to Rural King? my favorite store in the universe. The popcorn is delicious and it's free. They don't really clean the restrooms, so there's that. But the the coffee, the coffee is mediocre, but it is also free. And so I walk around the store with my free popcorn and free coffee, and oh, but what catches my eye? It's Black Friday. Check this out. Oh, man. Could we just... Can we just pause for a moment and acknowledge that that is a gorgeous photograph? I mean, everything about it, the color composition, the way it's framed. I mean, this was just my phone. I just took a snapshot picture, but I I was looking at this picture this past week. It's like, that that is a beautiful photograph. I, I mean, to me, it just looks like potential waiting to happen. And I don't know if you know anything about steel brand uh, chainsaws, but that's a pretty killer deal right there as well. Now, 
I've been shopping for a chainsaw like 20 years now. I bought a battery-powered chainsaw a few years ago, but I want to feel like a man, and so I need a good old American Gurr chainsaw. And so I'm walking past these, and I thought, oh, I want one. I need one. I didn't buy it for several reasons. One, because that would have been an impulse buy, and that's never a good idea. Two, well, we were in the middle of the New Life initiative, and I just was feeling convicted that this was not where my money should be going today. But really, the real reason was Dawn stayed in the truck. I was in there, and I just didn't want to walk out carrying a brand spanking, <laughs> shiny new chainsaw. But, oh, they, they, it looks like potential. It just is begging to get scuffed up. And uh, we, I told you we, we, we got a house that's going to be new to us. And you know the, the blight that knocked out all the ash trees like 10 years ago? Well, like 15 of them are laying like matchbox sticks in the backyard. I'm looking forward to getting out and playing. But I felt it that day. I'm walking around. Even in rural King, there was a bit of chaos. It did not feel like peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Maybe you saw some of the news reports like this one. Tonight, those doorbuster deals at times creating chaos. Look at this crush of shoppers in a Chattanooga Victoria's Secret pink store. The stampede over Sherpa jackets, people seen shoving each other, one sales rep climbing on a table to escape the crowd. In a Georgia Walmart, two women fighting over pots and pans, one refusing to let go. But the euphoria over Black Friday shopping turning deadly in Alabama after a fight turned into a shooting at this mall. We've got officers on the scene. There has been shot fires. The shooter killed, among the injured, a 12-year-old girl. But the tragedy in Alabama aside, for the rest of the country, shopping today was mostly peaceful. It was mostly peaceful. I mean, a fight, a brawl breaks out at a Victoria's Secret, Walmart. And that's no laughing matter, a deadly shooting. Now, that video clip is a few years old, but those stories tend to repeat themselves just about every year. Walmart's not peaceful at Christmas time. Rural King wasn't peaceful at Christmas time. What about arguments? in your extended family, maybe arguments in your step family, maybe arguments, oh my goodness, all the money that's being spent at Christmas time, that doesn't feel like peace, doesn't exactly scream peaceful, does it? What about stress, finding just the right, the perfect gift for everybody on your shopping list? Do you feel peace this time of year? It's a word, peace. We hear it a lot during this time of year. It's actually hard maybe to understand. And the meaning can actually be unclear. Some of us hear the word peace and we think things like, well, this is what peace is. It means that everything is fine. I'm fine, you're fine, we're all fine. There's no problems, there's no issues, there's no fights, there's no conflict. If that's the case, then there is peace. Maybe. Some of us, we hear the word peace, and for us, that means we're keeping the peace at all costs. I'm just going to stuff it down. I'm not going to say my truth. Hmm. Is that peace? 
Some of us hear peace and we think this means that everything is going exactly the way we want it to go. Life looks exactly like we planned it to be. We're getting what we wanted. Well, that's peace. Is it? How about this one? Some of us, we think that peace means that all of our relationships, they're going just the way we want them to. There's no arguing between the kids. There's no annoying habits from house guests during the Christmas season. Nothing that makes us want to go crazy. In other words, for most of us, the idea of peace is connected to our circumstances. What I want to do today is take that conversation, that topic of peace, and it's like a multifaceted gem. Let's turn it just a little bit. Let's look at it from a slightly different angle. Is there another facet of peace? That's more about what Jesus was talking about. Here's the truth. Peace doesn't have to be circumstantial. Your circumstances do not have to dictate your peace. Because here's the problem. Think about last week, maybe this past year, this past month. How many moments, like the ones I just was describing a bit ago, happened? The thing is, if peace is just the absence of anything that makes us feel uncomfortable, then peace really isn't a reality for most of us. Because we know that families are going to fight. Come on, if your family's not fighting, your family's probably weird. Our friends are going to hurt us. Why? Because they're human. That's what happens. People are going to leave us or let us down. Every one of us is going to experience pain and hurt and everything that comes from things not going the way that we would like them to go. And this time of year, as Christmas approaches, our lives, get this, they can actually be harder to handle. Which leads us to ask a big question. Is peace even possible? This question got wrestled through a little bit. I had a meeting on Tuesday night. A group of expectant folks in our church have signed up to be a part of a study tour in the Holy Land next summer. We signed up. We had a meeting or two. We were getting geared up, all excited. Then October 7th happened. And Tuesday, we were kind of getting together. Let's talk through our options. How are we going to pivot? What could we do now? Do we need to call this thing off? And even after the class, somebody had a conversation with me, and we were talking about, you know what? Conflict in the Middle East, it's happened for a long time. Father Abraham had a couple of sons, right? Ishmael and Isaac and the descendants have been fighting it at each other's throats for almost 4,000 years now. Is peace even possible? That's a good question. How about us? Not just them. How about us? Is it something that we can experience here and now, even when things don't go the way that we would like them to do? Is it just wishful thinking? Well, I want to let you know that peace is, in fact, possible. It's good news. There's a peace that's available to us, but it might look just a little bit different than you think. With Christmas right around the corner, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that I love to study this time of year, the first Christmas. But before we read that text, could we just set the context a little bit? Let's grab the truth of what peace would have looked like in the world that Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, was born into. Quick history lesson. Jesus grew up in the Roman Empire. This was a great civilization. 
They had incredible technology for their day. They had some famous, best-known public figures. They were known for their creative arts and their interest in that and their architecture, second to none. Realistic sculptures, amazing. Basically, everybody looked at the trends and the culture coming out of Rome to see if it was cool. Now, there is a misconception It's kind of true, it's kind of not. That Jesus is from this backwater town. He grew up in Nazareth, uncultured, uncouth. Actually, we see this even in Scripture, this misconception. When Jesus is recruiting his early disciples, one of them heard about Jesus, and this this was his reaction. Nathaniel answered Philip, Can anything good come out of Nazareth, that one horse podunk town? And Philip said, well, just come and see. I'll show you what good is coming out of Nazareth. Now, what you have to recognize is that Nazareth is only four miles away from an amazing epicenter in the region of the Galilee of Roman culture. The name of the town was Sephorus. They started uncovering and uh, digging up Sephorus in 1931, but they didn't start doing the archaeological work in earnest until the late 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. So it's been within about 25 years that we've uncovered some amazing things about this town four miles away from the Nazareth Ridge. Nazareth would have been one of the villages that was probably feeding, literally, like agriculturally speaking, feeding Sephoris. Let me show you some pictures of what they've uncovered. Incredible mosaic tile work. You can see some over here. This was known as the Mona Lisa of the Galilee. Major art, Roman influence, four miles walking distance from Jesus' hometown. They had a theater. In your Bible, Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, is described as a carpenter. You could take that word and translate it carpenter. You could also translate it stonemason. It's entirely possible, I might say likely, that Jesus grew up walking that four-mile path, apprenticing with his daddy, working on. You might literally be looking at something inside that picture that Jesus himself built, that Joseph built, chiseled out of stone, hung up, made it happen. Rome had massive influence even in that little back corner of the empire, four miles, a few minutes walk away. Peace, well, they called it Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. It's not what you think. It meant that Rome had its boot on your neck. That's what it meant. There's some key figures in the Christmas story. I hope you're reading that this time of year. Look for these key names. How about this one? Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus was emperor. Augustus was famous for bringing about Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. And to the people in power, it sure did look like peace. Augustus defeated the enemies of Rome. He had the throne. He had all the power that he ever wanted. All over the empire, kings are placed in charge of specific areas to help keep the peace. If there was ever talk of revolt or a threat to power, these kings, they could do whatever they needed to squash the rebellion, including they could punish. They could kill, spoiler alert, the cross, 
The cross is a means of execution that they used to keep Pax Romana. They could send people into exile. Totally peaceful, right? Not exactly. Here's another key character, King Herod. King Herod was quite the prolific character. He was a king in charge of the area that Jesus was born into. Today, we probably would call him a psychopath. He definitely would have been a Bond villain. He was a tyrant. He was an evil genius. He did things that were really dark and twisted. He was willing to do anything to get ahead. He killed members of his own family to keep control. He was Jewish, kind of, and he ruled the land of Israel, but he was really in service to the occupying army, the Romans. So he took on projects to improve the temple while he was trying to get on the good side of the Jewish people. He was also power hungry. He overtaxed people. He did everything that he could to keep peace in the land, even if it meant scaring people and having them killed. Sounds peaceful, right? Not so much. Enter Jesus from stage left. A child, an infant, a baby in a manger. By the way, Bethlehem is within sight distance of one of King Herod's pleasure palaces, the Herodium. He could keep an eye on them. The folks that were living in that area, well... They were skittish, and for good reason. Pax Romana. This is why the text we're getting ready to study, Luke chapter 2, look at the very first words. Check this out. The angels to shepherds, don't be afraid. Why? Well, if a host of heavenly angels started singing to you, it would probably scare you as well. That being said, I think they were already skittish. You know how when you're nervous and somebody jumps out in front of you, you get scared that much easier? You're startled when you're on edge? These are folks that lived on edge. It didn't feel peaceful. I bring you good news, okay, that will cause great joy. All right, for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah. We've been talking about him for hundreds of years. He's here, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. Quote in the Old Testament, you'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Then a whole host of heavenly messengers, angels, show up in the sky. They're praising God. And check this out, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, here's our word, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace. We lit the candle. It's all a part of the story. We're looking for peace. The Old Testament has prophesied that this is coming. Isaiah chapter 9, I love this verse, especially this time of year. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Yeah, kick those Romans out. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Yeah, we need some more of that today. Now, with the rest of the time that we have together, I want to take you on a progression of peace that we see right here in this story. 
And I want to draw some application because I think their progression of peace can be ours as well. This Christmas season, this could be a progression of peace, the journey that you go on. And because we're talking about Roman era, I got a little cute. Yeah, I'm using Roman numerals. Here's the first one. If you're taking notes, write this down. This was just the start of better things. This message from the angels to the shepherds, this is just the beginning. The best is yet to come. Long before Jesus showed up, God told his people that somebody's coming as a change agent. You've been ruled over by foreign and bad leaders. You've been threatened. You've been persecuted. You've been mistreated. These are folks that are ready for a change. I love the Christmas story. Last week, we looked at Jeremiah, and I love the Christmas story for so many reasons. Jesus is the bridge between Old Covenant and New Covenant. We see that happen right there at Christmas. Jesus is the bridge between tradition and, behold, I make all things new. Jesus is the bridge between ancient history and, I would submit to you, today. This is applicable. Peace can be found today. We need to recognize that the nativity scene, the baby in the manger, Emmanuel, God with us, he's just the start of better things. But here's the thing. If you're taking notes, here's the progression of peace. Things didn't change after Jesus was born. Wait, what? But you said peace. Not even a little bit. If you keep reading the story, Herod stayed in power until a guy named Herod Antipas came to power. By the way, he was no peach either. He would be responsible for sentencing Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. Perhaps you've heard of him to death. Peace didn't come with him. Caesar Augustus, we talked about him. He died. His adopted son, Tiberius, well, he becomes emperor. He was a horrible leader. Terrible. He had people killed in his effort to keep power. He put people in prisons and dungeons and torture chambers. He ordered people to be killed at random. He didn't bring peace. In other words, there was no peace on earth. Wait, what? Hang with me. There was no peace on earth then. And the way we view peace today, I wonder if we would also say there's no peace on earth now. Huh. Let me ask you this question. What's stealing your peace? What is it right now, today, that's stealing your peace? I had a moment Thursday afternoon. I'm reading through my message. I'm thinking about this moment right now. I have a MacBook computer, and I carry an iPhone. They talk to each other. Sometimes they yell at each other. I get the same alert on both. My computer dinged, then my phone dinged. I looked down, and I saw this alert, this news alert. Check this out. Stealing my peace. Soaring cases of highly contagious cough that can fracture your ribs. Now, I woke up that morning worrying about some stuff. That's not one of the things that I, grew, uh, I woke up worrying about. But now I am. Wait, you're telling me that I'm going to cough and all of a sudden my ribs are going to be broken? What? Some of us, we live inside that 24-7 news cycle. I have this conversation with folks often. We keep those cable news channels kind of on as background noise. Do you know what that's doing to your amygdala? 
the fight or flight stimuli that happens in your brain stem, that constant cycle of, oh, this, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Guess who turned off that alert on his phone right then and there? I don't need to hear that anymore. Yeah. It reminded me of a few years ago in the middle of COVID, our family took a trip down to Louisiana. And I get this nasty phone call from the cable provider. They're saying, hey, listen, you didn't pay your bill, so we're going to like take one of your kids, I, something like that. I call them up, and like an hour or two later, I discover, <laughs> well, they didn't send me a bill. I mean, they switched me. I, didn't, I don't think I approved this, but instead of getting a paper bill, I was getting an electronic bill, so I didn't get the bill. I didn't pay it, and they said, well, you can't have it anymore. And to which I said, all right, go jump in a creek. I don't need that anymore. This is in the middle of COVID. It's like I'm just consuming this all the time and what it was doing to my heart and what it was doing to my mind and my soul. Some of us, maybe we need to cut the cord, so to speak, turn off the phone alert. What was the question? What's stealing your peace? Well, the answer to that might be too many things that you allow. Cut the cord. Do better. Just put an end to that chaos that's coming in 24-7. In Jesus' day, there's no peace on earth. Not for the people who are living under those leaders. Did you hear what Herod Antipas just did? Did you hear what King Herod just did? Oh, don't even get me started on Caesar Augustus. They're living in a constant churn there. But this is exactly what the prophet Isaiah had promised. That's exactly what the angels are talking about. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So what happened? Did they get the prophecy wrong? Did the angels lie? No, not exactly. Jesus brought peace. It just wasn't the kind of peace that people expected. If you're taking notes, write down Roman numeral IV. Number four, Jesus brought a crazy, different kind of peace. Oh, I'm choosing my words very carefully there. It is a crazy kind of peace. Let me say it this way. Jesus' peace doesn't change when our circumstances do. Don't let your circumstances dictate your peace. If you have Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, there is peace to be found. Don't let your circumstances dictate that. Let me show you some crazy peace. I'm in Philippians chapter 4. By the way, we're going to launch a series right after the Christmas season. I'm so excited about this. This is a series that has been 30 years in the making for your pastor. We're going to take this series up almost to Easter. And we're going to look at, line by line, verse by verse, the incredible wisdom that Paul shares through the letter to the Philippians. And it's to us today as well. I'm so excited about that series we're going to kick off. Look at chapter 4. There is crazy peace to be had that he's describing. By the way, Paul is writing this from a Roman jail cell. It doesn't sound like peace, right? This is what he says. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, including in jail, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Then what happens? Check this out. And the peace of God, that's what we long for, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus literally changes everything. He brought a peace that's not dependent on what happens around us. You could translate this several different ways, and other translations do this differently. The ESV says it surpasses all understanding, this peace. 
The King James Version says, it passeth all understanding. The message, I love this. It says, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Don't you want that this Christmas season? It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. That's a pretty good translation. The PSV, that's the Pastor Stan version, would call it this, crazy peace. Occasionally, I'll be on the phone or in person, and I've done this with some of you. You've just gotten a horrible news, a loved one has died, or you've gotten awful news about your own health. And in my prayer for you and over you all, I oftentimes pray for crazy peace. It's that crazy piece the Bible talks about that passes understanding. It doesn't even make sense through a human lens. I would wish that upon you. I would pray that over you. Crazy peace. The world was far from peaceful when Jesus arrived. He didn't pretend that everything was fine. He did this, though. He gathered his disciples together in an upper room. The night he's betrayed. And he has a blunt conversation with them Thursday night before Friday. The cross packs Romana boot on his neck. This is what he says. Peace, I leave with you. He knew exactly what was getting ready to happen. Peace, I leave with you. The disciples, they had an inkling of what was getting ready to happen. They're terrified. Peace. I leave with you. Your circumstances do not dictate your peace. My peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. I give you peace. Not driven by circumstances. Jesus is not talking about a peace that had to do with the right people being in power or the wrong people being out of power or everything falling perfectly into place. That progression of peace, Roman numeral five, Jesus' peace It's not circumstantial. Don't let your circumstances dictate your peace. Jesus is talking about a peace that was not based on circumstances at all. Peace, especially peaceful feelings, can feel elusive during the holidays. Some of you are saying, Pastor Stan, you have no idea. And you're right. I might not. But I might have an inkling. Listen, every family has a crazy uncle. Every family does. If you can't think of the crazy uncle in your family right now, it's probably you. You might be the crazy one. I had a conversation, several conversations actually over the last several weeks with folks who are living in that yours, mine, ours scenario right now and how crazy the circumstances feel. I was having a conversation with a friend not long ago, and he was talking about a second marriage, and we were talking about that equation, A plus B equals C. If C is crazy circumstances, well you're bringing half of the equation to the new equation. That's worth thinking about. Do you find yourself in a lot of crazy this Christmas season? Peace on earth and goodwill toward men feels like a crazy pipe dream. The crazy uncle who can't stop talking about politics at the Christmas dinner. Maybe you've got a crazy ex. Maybe you've got crazy kids, crazy workload, crazy stress. This Christmas season, can I say it this way? Crazy circumstances demand crazy peace. Fight fire with 
fire, the peace that passes understanding will transcend your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus over crazy circumstances. Let me say it this way. Fight crazy with crazy. And I'm not talking about Cousin Eddie. I'm not talking about matching emotional crazy. I mean crazy peace for crazy circumstances. Why? Because Jesus did. Jesus models this very well, not just that night that he's betrayed Thursday night, the story that we just read. He knew when he was facing crazy circumstances, he could handle it because God was with him. God, the Father in heaven, was his, the source of his peace, and God never changes. When things, when it felt like the world is falling apart around him, when it feels like the world is falling apart around you, lean into his peace, crazy peace, that doesn't even make sense. It passes human understanding. As unlikely as it sounds, the truth remains. That progression of peace, Jesus' peace isn't circumstantial, if you're a Jesus follower, neither is yours. So why are you living like it is? Listen, because of Jesus, peace is possible no matter what is happening around us. So can I leave you with this challenge? Jesus in us, Jesus through us. When you look around at the world around you and you see it spinning out of control around you, a distinct lack of peace, where there is not peace, bring it. Be the bringer of his peace. Maybe you need to start first today with your own heart. Let me just real quick hit you with some real practical stuff. As you look at the weeks ahead, could I challenge you with some stuff surrounding this topic of peace? Some practical steps. Some of us need to hear this. Here's the first one. Perfection is the enemy of peace. You've got this whole thing worked out in your brain. Christmas needs to look just like this. If it doesn't, it's going to be a failure. Uh -uh. Perfection is the enemy of peace. Which brings me to the second practical application step. Lean into people over process. The whole reason why we gather is to worship Jesus, but we also gather to connect with friends and loved ones and family members. People over process. Maybe I'd take this word out and say tradition. People over your perfect picture of what Christmas should look like, lean into the imperfect people. There's great opportunity in front of you for peace. How about fight fatigue? Oh, man, this time of year is just busy, 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 crazy. We gathered up on this stage this morning to pray. We prayed for peace, and we just talked about all the busyness that's happening even right now during these couple of hours together on a Sunday morning. I know this Christmas season you can get overwhelmed. It can feel tiring and fatigue sets in. Well, maybe the action step to that is just to simply slow down. Do you really have to go to that holiday party? Do you really have to go to this thing? Maybe take a breath, lean into peace. And last but not least, actually this one's probably first. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Have you done that yet this Christmas season? As we light the hope candle, as we light the peace candle, could we take a beat right now and do just that? When you came in, there's communion elements on your seat. Grab those right now, would you? I like 
what Caleb said earlier in the time where we were singing worship songs to God. He talked about that blurry line between Christmas and Easter. The story is connected. It's full circle. You can't have Easter without Christmas, and you can't have Christmas without Easter. Why? Because Jesus came with purpose to bring peace on earth. And by the way, his crucifixion, Pax Romana, boot on his neck, it's not the end of the story. It's the beginning of the story for us. So right now, as you look at the elements that represent his body broken, his blood shed, would you simply take a moment and to lean in to the peace that he provides? Maybe you just want to stare at the candles. Maybe you want to stare inward at your own heart. Maybe you want to think about this past week and the week to come and just take a deep breath. Recognize the truth that your peace isn't driven by your circumstances. He wants to provide real and lasting peace. And when you're ready, you go ahead and take those communion elements into yourself and recognize what he's done for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this moment. In the middle of crazy circumstances, in the middle of, oh, it feels sometimes, especially this time of year, like the world could be spinning out of control around us, we take a deep breath. We recognize that um, you've overcome the world. You've overcome even our misconceptions of what peace could and maybe through our lens should look like. You bring deep, abiding, lasting peace, the crazy peace that doesn't even make sense through the lens of the world. We lead into that truth right now as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.